Welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth, and marketing with business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds. Oh, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Murray Sauer from Tagai Management Consultants around the topic, value of local diversity and inclusion in supply chains. Murray, how Thanks, are you? Mate. Great, buddy. How, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good. Great to have you on your podcast. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I really, really appreciate the invitation and to share with, um, with brothers and sisters out there. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, totally. So before we get, um, before we get into, the, into the meat, so to speak, of the conversation, we'll, um, I'll just get you to tell everyone just a little bit of, uh, um, so they can form you know, a, uh, a picture in their mind about you know, who you are for the people that don't know Murray. Murray's going to let you know a little bit about um, history of um, business, himself, sort of services provide and anything else you want to let everyone know about. Over to you, Murray. Sure, brother. Look, thanks a lot. Look, um, my name's Murray Saylor. Um, Torres Strait Islander man from families from the Eastern Island group of the Torres Strait. Um, island's called Danle, um, Island and Murray Island. So that's my connections. Um, founded a management consultancy business and obviously Solar Brother, you, you guys were, were part of that regards to the brand development. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're a management consultancy focused on procurement and supply chain management, business advisory services and stakeholder engagement services from a cultural space. And how do I describe it to everyone is our, our vision is pretty much sort of ties everything together. And that is we aim to maximize opportunities um, to make a difference in the global village. Um, and really try to add um, social and commercial value to our clients, no matter if they're corporates, government, local government or community sectors here in Australia and overseas in the Pacific, um, Pacific Asian um, region. Yeah. So is, is your, um, I guess also just adding onto that too, what's your, uh, before you started this, like what were you doing? And, 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 you know, it's, I guess it's easy for me because I've, I've been through like the journey from the beginning. So I, I know things like quite in depth, but to give people, I guess a little bit of an insight into why you started this, like it's um, why you were doing it and did anything you were doing before this have um, any specific influence on, on you starting your own business? Yeah, no um, brother. Look, I suppose from day dot, came into the world in a, a really dysfunctional family environment. Um, and I suppose if there was any root or a seed that was planted, I think it was planted from the dysfunction that um, I experienced as a child and coming mm. through. And that sort of fueled the fire as a young fella um, into um, obviously school and, and getting the degree in, in business and that. But um, work experience-wise, had about 15 years, 16 years in the public service at a federal government and state government level, primarily in the um, indigenous um, sort of affairs area around program and policy. Mm. Um, defense was in defense for a fair while and, and served at the Armour Reserves and then spent um, approximately about 10 years in the private sector, primarily in the mining and resources sector um, with Rio Tinto and Anglo-American. Um, primarily the focus area around that, I was just looking at developing skill sets that I'd already identified when I was doing my Bachelor of Business at James Cook University. 
um, in early 2000, mature age student um, around that I really clearly articulated even then that I had this inkling about, could I be an entrepreneur and could I be a business owner and could I um, create value for indigenous and non-indigenous brothers and sisters to come together? Um, was, was, was literally, that was two, rather that was 2000, that would have been, that was earlier than that. Um, I've still got my very first business plan, which I created as part of the business degree, which is <laughs> funny. Fantastic. Um, and it was called sailor consulting and then obviously things changed. Um, but I really did identify back then I had, I had spark was, was sort of let doing the degree. Um, I really liked the idea of business and what it could do, not just from a commercial perspective in regards to revenue generation for my family and myself, but more importantly, how you could use it as a conduit to create social impact um, mm. in any community. So um, the private sector experience identified that really, really early that, and I came across this concepts of obviously procurement supply chain management. Um, but then, cause I'd grown up culturally in the Torres Strait, we, we grew up with our songs, our oral histories around based around traditional supply chain practices and how we coexisted with mother nature. And, and that's where the brand comes from, um, mm. Tagai, which is based on a star constellation. There's a whole story around that. And I yeah, encourage and, all and brothers and fishermen. sisters. Yeah, and the great fishermen. Yeah. And um, I encourage anyone to go onto our website. And I know, brother, you'll share those details. Um, but what it, did, what it did do, you can imagine, those are the components. So dysfunction education, fueled by education, fueled by some really wonderful people that enter my life, my family, um, friends, and various other mentors that have blessed my life. And also positive and negative journeys just made sure that was able to frame that in a way to empower my life and what I wanted to achieve. Mm. Um, and then the idea of, I was that Anglo-American um, working there, which was really wonderful. The team was really, really great. But I had come into the business at a time where the commodity prices, this is about 2014, uh, 13, 14, and the commodity prices were sort of doing around aluminium and coal um, in that industry was sort of going up and down, going down primarily. Mm. Um, and was given a redundancy package, came out the front door. Um, this is on Charlotte Street here in Brisbane, family and friends. Um, and... Um, went around the corner and Sol knows this journey. So I went around and I'd already done the ideation workshops with Indigenous Business Australia, so IBA, um, mm. South Connection. And literally this went out and it solidified it. So I was just looking at the water with my box full of gear and um, having a beer and I was just like, and the seagull was looking at me and I was like, like what, what's next? And look, obviously because of the skills, I know I could quit out another job, but I was like, is this an opportunity to jump? to take the jump and go into business. So um, the day after I opened up my business account and that had the fright of my life because I was like, oh, okay. I have to go from I'm an employee mindset into an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. And I'm sure brothers and sisters and other entrepreneurs out there, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about is it's a total shift in the game. It's a total rethink about risk and, um, and various other parts, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that, yeah. And, and hundred percent, I was actually talking to somebody else the other day who's, who's still relatively new to business. Who's got a new business that's doing incredibly well. And, uh, and it reminded me one of the things that that really reminded me about, which I, which is, is I always, I always love when you have these realizations about when you've been doing something like business or whatever it is, or some activity for a long time, and you're so in the thick of it for when you're doing it, 
sometimes you just forget those incremental points, like the beginning point of exactly what, what it was like. And when you transport yourself back, it's like, wow, I was such a newbie. I was like, I was so, or, or when, um, like you were saying, you like have to change your mindset and you go, okay, now I'm an entrepreneur. And, and then you do like literally become one, but then a year later you go, yeah, it's like this. That, <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't really being an entrepreneur. That was just like saying I was an entrepreneur. And then a year later you're like, yeah, I feel, and then two years later you're like, man, I was a newbie like yeah, two yeah. years ago. And you have these incremental kind of shifts of, of how you view the world even like, and, and, and how you view, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, it's, especially then um, like from, I guess uh, a philosophical point of view, you end up, you know, looking to some extent at, at different people in new ways as well too, because your perspective about, you know, how you even run your business, you know, kind of you become, you, you know, you're more organized and, and everything, but, responsibility that then you have too becomes mm. like have a realization about that. But, um, I was actually just looking, I, I was, um, um, just before we got on the podcast, like I've, I've looked at your website, obviously a lot over the years as we, as we worked on, we did the brand, but I had this really funny realization just before, after all these years on the podcast, I, this great metaphor that just kind of struck me, I was looking at it again. I was going, um, at about the fisherman, the story of the fisherman, and the the importance in 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 their culture there too about navigation and astronomy. And I was going, wow, that's just so. I don't. And I'll just sort of really interested to hear what you have to say because for some reason it just never struck me as kind of this really great metaphor for what you do about yeah. about how to navigate people like through yeah. through the stars and through astronomy is in that story, but that's also then what you do within your business. You're helping yeah, right. these organizations to navigate, which is of course, right. Hey, yes, exactly. Right. And, um, and <laughs> brother, it's that. taken six years. So it's taken six years to realize that. So that's awesome. But Hey, awesome brand development too, <laughs> brother. It's a bit of a pitch for you. Um, but no, it's hundred percent, you know, um, uh, Tagai, um, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't an epitome. It was literally almost like an epiphany um, for me in regards to that. I, you know, sometimes education goes, gives us this other picture and we get bought into it. And then when I took a big step back and it was just during a visit back up to the Torres Strait, this is before I even had the idea of the business, um, was about almost a cultural reconnection back to my family and my roots as a seafarer and being in the Torres Strait. And I was like, if there was anything that, um, sort of shared in one word or one concept of what I wanted to do in business, it was Tagai. Um, it was about um, using various skill sets and being collaborative in a community as star points that are out there in our business universe and our entrepreneurial universe to be able to come back and the center of the star represents the client, it represents the community, it represents me mm. um, in a sense of those things that have informed me in my life and all we're doing is facilitating through cultural practice, innovating business. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 
I remember specifically to and finding it, find it very, very curious. I think it was in our very, very first meeting. And I still remember this really distinctly because it kind of struck me as, as something that not a lot of people talk about was that there's obviously a very important part um, culturally then too of, of art and creating things. And your, your emphasis when you were talking to me about, um, you know, the future brand and all the work we were going to do and speaking about that, um, although maybe you didn't say it specifically, but it was, it was very obvious to me about the importance of like, you know, creativity and, and, and art and to sort of imbue it in this way. But, and so for me, um, which I suppose is, uh, an aspect of design which relates to sport about finding seeing a challenge which was you know there's this big level of importance about sort of creativity and the story of the fisherman how do you bring that into a sensibility that conveys that but at the same time has has a corporate appeal you know to it and I was and that's and I, I don't know where it is I don't think I'll probably ever be able to put things like that in into into words but it's always kind of exciting to me you know it's like yeah, when you have cool. to it's kind of when you have to find a midpoint that that does actually work you know in that sense and like you know, i think we did that obviously but 100%. but but it was but it was um you know that was something that always struck me as very interesting because that was a important aspect obviously tying in very closely culturally why and and the word tag on the whole story aspect of it I've always really loved and you know it's a great um I think for people because storytelling generally like when you're talking about brand is you know it's a bit of a more than ever it's a bit of a catch cry about you know people always talking about the importance of storytelling and I think especially in your case it's like it it works so incredibly well Mm -hmm. yeah and and look um look if, if anyone sees the brand I mean they'll if you when once you hear the story, what it what it really really did, and I think we did really well around the design and, and st- the storytelling piece was, I think together we were able to um, you were able to bring to um, to light and to actualize a vision around the seafaring nature of what is Murray Sailor around what I had the vision as an entrepreneur, mm. um, and if I can share in short, look, um, it's a very recognizable brand. It's very when it, it really does support the the, the pitch. And the proposal discussions in regards to, um, they go, Tagai, what's that? And I said, well, let me share a little bit about the business. And when I do that, they go back to the, they literally go back, look at the, the, the logo, the brand, the logo, and go, ah, so that explains the star. And oh, and that's water, the reflection of water on the bottom, yeah. and the various colors are various parts of, of what you do. And I went, you got it, 110%. And sometimes yeah. that's all that's needed because. I think sometimes um, in business today, I think we're, we're so consumer-based in regards to and focused that we forget that the story and the relationships is integral in regards to that relationship that you've got with potential it's, In fact, you could almost argue, like I, w- I would almost go, I'm so far as to say in anyone's business, you know, no matter what it is, that that's, that's, that is at, at the core, it's at the heart of everything but, um, because it's all about, it's all about, um, those relationships and i think like especially given that like the whole topic we're talking about is you know is is this idea of inclusion as well and community and um like the bigger picture for me is that whilst you're 
your business like has as, as a core part of it, I think I always wonder, you know, whether in the wider community, like outside of what you're doing in all businesses, whether if ideas like that were implemented greatly, how much more um, benefit that would have like for, because that, that idea of, you know, um, you know, local too, you know, having people that are local and I'll just actually ask you just in a second too, like, uh, well, I'm not in a second, like now I'll uh, (laughs) ask you down, Murray. Um, Where do you sort of see the, um, I guess the evolution of, local diversity in in supply chains in australia and i guess like if, if there's some kind of um point now where you see there's there's been a history and it's come from and where you see it maybe moving to yeah i think i think the um the idea of supply diversity and that is about um the minority groups having obviously supply chain opportunity and opportunity in general regardless in business um employment you know, in regards to it's about providing a bit more equitable um, opportunity for all Australians. Mm. Um, and obviously the focus area primarily, one of the areas is around the Indigenous Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Mm. Um, but in regards to diversity in this, literally in this time of COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, the big key consideration is about local content suppliers. I mean, there's a huge value in regards to um, the engagement of the diversity sector. You know, these are our sisters and our ladies you know, the Indigenous cultures, our new Australians that have come here, which is amazing. Um, our, old, our elderly, which have got a huge pool of knowledge within their thing. Also, our special needs brothers and sisters, in regards to they have a value, we have to value them. They are fellow human beings. Mm. But in this time of supply diversity and diversity in general, which is a big part of our business, as you know, and social procurement um, value that we're creating for supply chains, a big part of that, which helps with the brand, be able to convey this message is the idea is that for you to create social and commercial impact in your bottom line as a business and to your shareholders or to you and your family, the added value in regards to it is you want to be able to decrease costs. You have local diversity suppliers that are locally based. There may be some capacity building, but in the long run, you're already, you're already contributing to the community that you live in to help bring community and unity together because we're not, we're not Australian. We're not white Australian. We're not black Australian. We're Australians, but we have, we should own and also um, pay pride that the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures, which makes up our first nation contribution to the indigenous world and to the world is all ours. And we should be proud and it shouldn't be this this barrier between. So that's where I see diversity, my brother. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. I mean, I, I would just like to hear your thoughts too on, um, you know, an argument that I hear presented, like it sort of crops up every now and again. You hear it in various conversations where people go, um, and I might add too before saying this, I think this is usually not, it's founded on an idea of what people think um, should should happen probably, is, is when people go, well, um, you know, if you're going to, you know, employ people for whatever a task is, it should be, based on like their level of skill and other things and not the fact that they are a certain sort of people and whether they're indigenous or female or male or or sort of whatever but like i would i've i've always argued the point that 
one, that's an assumption then that people make that those people aren't, you know, that's a assumption straight away that other people who, you know, like supposedly aren't as qualified, aren't qualified. You know, why wouldn't they be qualified? Plus, I think the bigger, more important point always for me is that having compassion and inclusion about about giving other people a go is more important. You know, that even if, you know, I would say, like, say from even our, our point of view, mm. I would, if I was going to employ, like, somebody in our business, you know, I would never... I, it's it's not really important for me to um, to have on paper somebody go they're qualified in this this and this that doesn't like really have any bearing on anything for me. What has bearing is that yeah. there's obviously generally a minimum skill level, but I know that people then who are probably going to be good are people who are just going to want to give things a go because most people don't know everything yeah. when they start something and they just yeah. don't, but most people don't. Yeah. yeah. And then they go yeah. and, and they throw themselves into it, but people who, but, you know, but just in, in inclusion to that point you made is, is I think a, a vastly un, under um, underrated point of making sure people mm. feel, you know, included plus for the wider community, for the wider community, and for everyone's benefit, like as, as a team. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the, um, I suppose, and look, I don't disagree with what you're sharing. Um, just want to add to it is the, I think in business at the moment, and I think it's just, it's, it's also an evolution in regards to how government, um, who's the main contributor to a lot of our business economies, um, have shifted from a, um, you know, an outcomes-based approach to a strength-based approach in regards to their programs and how that's flowed down to, you know, the, you know, as the nature of all business, large business, they'll push the risk down to our sub-subcontractors and ourselves in regards to manage. Mm. Um, and what I shared to a number of brothers and sisters around the idea of diversity, inclusion and employment and all this particular piece is that there's an evolution in corporate social responsibility. Now, corporate social responsibility is not about large business. What it is about is all sectors of business to be able to enhance your brand and what you're doing as a value proposition. One of the elements as a consumer-based um, environment now and service delivery is around what is that other thing that you're providing, right? What is the other thing? It's, oh, yeah, so you might be the cheapest and all this particular piece, but people are looking more now for what is the social value you're providing to me. Mm. And so what I share with brothers and sisters is it's not about challenging about the category piece. There's an overall question from a societal perspective is, are we doing enough? Mm. Can we do more? And why don't I do what I don't employ other brothers and sisters from whatever background that they come from. Mm. So for me, I just wanted to sort of just share that there's an evolution in regards to value proposition, how a business looks like as approach. And all I'm just saying is that if you want to create more impact, really, really explore what you're doing from a um, corporate social responsibility perspective for your own business and your own entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a hugely important point too. And, and I guess like the other thing that I was saying too is probably from the perspective of um, sometimes 
once you like it, even before you get to that, mm. you have to get past people's preconceptions. That's right. Yeah. Because um, ultimately, you know, if you're saying to um, the CEO of a big company and you're saying all those things you said, people ultimately still have to believe it's true. Yep. You know, and, and, and they have to see the, I mean, maybe I'll rephrase that. Maybe they, they don't have to, but they should, mm. uh, should for themselves. Cause I mean, as we all know, people will do things for other reasons, but the best result is if they actually believe it. If they actually like think it's, it's a champion, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That and, they um, actually yeah. think it's true. And that's what we do in a number of things. It's just not about the strategy development with the client. It's also about the underground hand in hand going, okay, so this is what it is and showing you the value or that particular piece, things that you would think that you wouldn't have to do based on what you shared earlier around qualifications and all those particular things. The added value is that they're an elderly brother, um, uncle or auntie who's coming to work and they bring all this knowledge but it's also their value yeah. system as an individual that also comes and enriches their own organization. But sometimes because we're so focused on about, okay, we need, we need the output, we need all this particular piece is that those brothers and sisters, you're given an opportunity may potentially open a door for another person that they impact and that they influence by virtue of what they're doing mm. um, to be able to think about, okay, well, I never, never thought about working for Microsoft and, I never thought about going and going to the aviation industry with Boeing or an Airbus or all the such. Um, mm. I never thought about coming and working in a design agency like Roundhouse. Mm. Um, if we don't have those active conversations and we are championing each other, mm. it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't just start in the business. It also starts as it just says as brothers and sisters on the, on the, you know, on the side of the street. Yeah. I think, I think that that point as an underlying, like even, you know, point for, um, society at at like the smallest local kind of level. That's that's probably a far like a, a far more Im- important thing than I think anyone realizes. The power of someone, whether it's you, me, or someone's auntie, like saying then like having this little window and going, I haven't done something for, and no, I can do that. That yeah. power, that yeah. power of that realization always has like um has has such an amazing effect on so many other people around them far greater than you know and 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 it's not it's not always quantifiable like you can't go like it's hard to measure that but when you see it it's so apparent Mm. like um small things like and it's just about you know looking after your 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 fellow man no matter who they are right so the one question i asked your brothers and sisters who are passionate i said what's the last when's the last time that you offered um to a coffee or a meal to someone who's homeless Mm. right one black or brindle and sometimes they're that dirty and whatever you don't know but who what gives us the right to walk past someone when we have the opportunity to give back to them? And then the other one is when's the last time when you've had someone at the cafe just we've seen this analogy all the time, where they may be a little bit short in coin, that you go and look at, don't worry about it, I'll, I'll help you out. Yeah. Right? 100%. I can tell you right now, I do that all the time. Mm. So it's not just about what we're doing, and this is around the diversity inclusion piece, is that we're champions of our we're champions within our own champions. Yeah. Because you have a child, I have children, and I'm going, you know, the nature of business and how I live my life, made a lot of mistakes. Don't get me wrong, my brother, but there is a realization is, look, I can't change yesterday. I can change today and tomorrow. Mm. 
and around this area that we've done as a business is really focused about embedding culture, our cultural practice, into how you can do business and create more social and commercial value. This by just being good citizens that has been doing doing stuff that's just yeah. right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, there's a lot of there's a there's, there's a huge power. I mean, you would I'm I'm sure you'd probably agree. Like any anytime you hear like somebody's story, whether it's like, you know, the Sylvester Stallones of the world or or yeah, someone yeah. who's who's become hugely successful and they talk about in like just a really candid sort of way about all the stuff they screwed up on and all the stuff that they had tried and they failed. And um, yeah, I was, I was actually watching last night. We've been getting into mountain biking and this young guy, this young guy from, um, from a great Britain call um, Matt Jones, who's like right. some, who's like a Red Bull athlete is like wow. amazing tricks, but he had wow. this video and this fantastic video which was last night of all his crashes and he'd like, which is pretty like, it's a, it's like a, like you're putting yourself on the line where then you take the time to compile. Some of them are bad. Like real bad. <laughs> he would have been hurt a lot. <laughs> knocked himself out. And, and there was a few where he'd knocked himself out and he crashed. He did a, a 360 flip and just went bang on his head. And Ooh. you know, this, but it was really like, it's, it's that thing of, you know, not saying that people like have to, you know, put themselves on the line. But when people do that and people, there's a realization that other people have that they're just like them, mm. you know, and that just that you're just like me. Yeah. And, and it's probably the same, like you were saying, if you're just helping somebody out in the simplest way, like you help somebody across the road. You know, yeah. Well, all cliches aside, whatever, you know, people carry on it, but, but it's, it's true. Like if you just give someone a simple hand with whatever it is, they have a realization that they're kind of like, even if it's a little bit that they're not alone, you know, cause it's, I mean, everyone's around each other, but yeah. a lot of people feel alone. Mm. You know, they feel like no one is like looking out for them and, and then someone does that. It's like, it's not really true. Like there's, there's people there who are willing to lend a hand and that's, you know, at the heart of it, that's what, you know, I'm, um, uh, with that, uh, in mind, I'll just, I'll just quickly jump over to another question that I have. That's okay. Um, about, I guess, like, um, you were talking about, um, different sorts of corporates and businesses that, use your services are there any in particular that you know so far i suppose i mean it could be it could be any any sort of business but are there different sort of organizations and businesses that have been using your services more specifically than others um i think it probably comes back to the initial conversation that we had as part of the podcast brother and that is is that um the business strategy and the value proposition that i thought I come into the market with, and it really hasn't changed. And one of them was tied to your question is um, I didn't primarily on purpose go, I didn't literally go after the government client, right? Mm-hmm. Really, really easy in regards to an indigenous participation space because there's so much opportunity there. But in regards to what I did was I targeted the corporate sector because I just come out of obviously a very mature procurement supply chain management opportunity and, and profession. Mm. Um, with the mining with the mining companies and I thought if there was going to be any value so obviously I've still always had the social impact piece in mind but how do I create opportunity and not convince but 
be able to work with um, corporates and primarily large corporates to um, impact and evolve their organizational development and how they see supply chains. Mm. And so um, fast forward to, to, to what you've shared and asked, um, the, how do I, how do I term this? Um, a lot of our work is, as I just shared in the private sector um, on purpose. Um, but what I found is that there's a building commitment. So I wouldn't say mm. there's this organization that is doing well and that there's this, everyone's on a different journey. Sorry, that's my point. Mm. Is that um, because you're almost developing and there's already champions in every organization, they may not be an executive, they may not be a director or a shareholder, they may be a project officer, they may be an admin person. But how do you create that picture to be able to, for everyone to come in and start thinking about inclusion and diversity, inclusion and, and diversity and inclusion um, to be into the space is that it's an evolving journey, but it's a building one. If I can just share that as a general sort of comment and it probably doesn't answer your question. But because of what I shared earlier around the government going, look here suppliers, you're meant to do this and you've got, you've got to do this. and. I want this outcome from this contract and all this particular piece by virtue of that it's almost the symbiotic relationship between the corporate sector obviously small suppliers like ourselves mm. who are we are we're private sector right um mm. who are who are the ones that are actually adding the value it's about the collaboration opportunity so the micro businesses as we know when i share very very um, strongly is that our small businesses like ourselves are the cornerstone on it's already been identified as part of the COVID-19 recovery yeah. process. And I think the biggest strength around diversity and all this piece is by virtue of us doing business together, we're already questioned, we've been questioning for a number of years and challenging the concept of how do we collaborate, how do we diversify the, the supply chain within our own supply chains? Well, yeah, I mean, if you were going to, I'll, I'll jump straight from <laughs> that in into, into uh, like, a metaphor that popped into my head just then, which is kind of like, you know, the stronger the bonds are within, well, say even in a spider's web or like a rope, you've got all these like tiny little strands, but rope only becomes, you know, strong when you've got more of these little threads and they're all tightly interwoven, you know, so, you know, by, by the nature of, of, you know, people doing business or people connecting or people having like, you know, close relationships like those little bits of rope, like those little, like those little bits of rope, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, um, you know, that's, that's at the heart of it. And that ties in, you know, perfectly into, you know, inclusion and everything that we're talking about with the main topic. Like it's, I would, I'd probably, you know, emphasize to anyone, you know, listening to, I mean, it's probably really apparent to many people listening anyway, but like, I think the bigger picture about this topic, whilst we're talking specifically about, you know, certain groups of people in certain communities, the bigger picture is that it's bigger than that. Like it's, 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 it's all of, you know, if we're talking, you know, worldwide, but we're talking more Australia too, you know, people in um, Australia, generally pretty nice i think you know yeah, yeah, a good group of people and it was just it always uh, yeah i i just always sort of ponder at, at just how certain you know impressions come about 
but it's it's history it's a whole heap of stuff but you know ultimately um i think we'll just sort of uh wrap up at, at at this point on that note and just ask you then too murray if you've got like in um anything else um that you want to add like to i mean the topic because i like i think it's a immensely important kind of area um at the heart do you have anything I mean, else to add? Um, probably the biggest piece from a business perspective as, a, as an entrepreneur to potentially fellow entrepreneurs and also family, because an entrepreneur can be in business or it can be a family member or a person on the side of a road, right? Um, yep. Is that you, you need to, not need to, sorry, once you, and you, I think brothers and sisters and brothers all you to understand this is that when the, when the switch flicks in regards to where you find your purpose in life, another thing happens and sometimes this is what I, I share is around it's about valuing your value so once you know your yeah, value in regards yeah. to you as a human being and as a as a and where you are and you love yourself basically and know where you want to be things may get tough may the thing but in regards to if you know who you are and where do you stand and what lane you're in and what value you add from your perspective then everything else not goes away, but in regards to it starts to the universe, the stars align, if I can use that analogy. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, that's a, a perfect, a perfect way to end the podcast, actually. That's like, yeah, that's a, it's, it's, it's a great message. And I'm, I'm sure heaps of people listening would know, like, it's, it's hard to, once again, it's hard to quantify, but you do. Like, I, I feel a bit, a bit more like that than ever before now. Like, I, I know where I stand. I know what, what we, mm. I know why we like to do things and why we like to help people and what it means to mm. us. And, you know, that's, but that's great. And mm. on that note too, I'll just ask you for a, um, a relevant quote that you like Murray, that you like that, that's sort of, I mean, relevant to what um, we've been speaking about. Um, probably um, for myself, I think it's probably back to our vision statement, my brother. And then obviously it's, it's, your brothers, it's my my little piece, and it it is about maximizing opportunities to make a difference in the global village. We all have that capability to do that. Um, what we what I did fail to do at the start of our conversation, and I do apologize to all um, brothers and sisters and First Nation brothers and sisters who may listen to this podcast, is just want to acknowledge on our behalf our um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um, ancestors, um, elders, and community members and families. Um, they're all our cultures I shared with you, my brother, and I do appreciate um, being invited to um, join the space with you on the podcast. So always, always a pleasure. Friends, so thanks. Always, <laughs> always a pleasure, Mario. It's, 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 it's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing all those. Um, absolutely amazing. But what was the quote? Um, the quote is probably maximizing opportunities to make a difference. Okay. Mm. <laughs> maximize um, your opportunities to make a difference. Cool. Okay. So um, I'll also just, Ask if you can let everyone know what is uh, the best and easiest way to get in contact with you. Yep. So um, our website is www.tagaimc.com. And the best way to get in contact with us is through um, admin at tagaimc.com. Yeah. Thanks so much, Murray. Thanks, Thanks mate. See you, family. See us. And so with that in mind, that's actually it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening into our podcast yet again. Before we go, please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for any topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. 
Thanks again for listening to the Grow Your Business podcast and we'll see you again soon. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day and we'll see you next time here at the Grow Your Business podcast.